Heritage Media. I'm actually really excited to chat to our guest today. So about oh God, two or three months ago, I approached Sean Pratt, who is an agent at Wisebury, and I asked him to come on for a chat because I wanted to talk about getting into real estate as an agent, but also buying a home. So at the age of 22, Sean is a really, really successful agent. And I talked to him about how does a humble kid from Gorican become a really successful agent and how does an 18 year old buy their first home. I hope you find today's chat with Sean as interesting as I did. Here's Sean. Hey Sean, how you doing? Good Carly, how are you? I'm well, thank you for coming in today. No worries, thanks for having me. I want to ask as a little coasty kid, what was the first job you ever had? The first job I ever had was at Lakes Beach Cafe. Uh, Just doing all the the dishwashing and serving people, never allowed near the food, still not allowed near the food, so. Was that anything to do with the girls in bikinis? Uh, No, no, I just needed the money. (laughs) (laughs) And um, tell me, when you started working, were you a kid that used to save every penny or did you blow it on video games like most kids? I was a pretty good saver. I'd probably save half of what I had um, and blow the rest of it no doubt on anything didn't matter could have been lollies (laughs) but yeah (laughs) I I blew half at least so did you get good advice from your family with saving was that something that was kind of instilled in you or was that something that you just did off your own bat yeah no probably from my uh my dad he's got his own business and sort of I've been around it a bit so I got to know a few things he sort of told me how to sort of save my money and don't be an idiot and, you know, I'm still an idiot and saving some money. Tell me, did they um, – <laughs> I remember my parents made me pay board when I was living at home and working and I was mortified yeah. that I had to pay $20. Yeah. <laughs> $20. I didn't know but my mum didn't – she just saved it. When I actually moved out of home, she gave it all back to me in a lump sum. Well, that would have been probably smart for my parents to do but they were uh, pretty fortunate that they didn't make me pay any money. But <laughs> so I've probably blown all that money somewhere. <laughs> and um, – how old were you when you started in real estate? I was 17 when I started in real estate. I remember I was actually at McKillop at the Warnervale there at School Steel. And I was, at the time, I remember thinking I'll, I'll start to take some classes that I thought, you know, I'll be able to bludge a bit in and not have to do too much. And one of the, one of the classes I picked was hospitality. And I think I was the only guy in the class. I was just, you know, every time... I did nothing. I sat at the back and just listened and, yeah, no worries, awesome, see you next lesson, sounds good. And then term one came and they were like, uh, all right, Sean, you're going to go to the beachy and you're going to scrub dishes for a week's worth of work experience. And I was like, oh, sounds good, whatever. Went there and then did that and then like after that week I was like, that's horrible, I don't want to just go back and scrub dishes the whole time. Like I, didn't, I felt like I didn't learn too much from it. Um, but then the, the next time it came around, it was term three, and they said, oh, you're going to go back to the beach? And I said, oh, actually, I've got some work lined up that I wanted to do. I hadn't lined it up, but at the time I lived next door to George Butcher and he'd been in my ear about getting into real estate. Um, so I said, oh, I'll take this as a week's worth of work experience and then I'll don't have to go to the beachy. And, uh, I, yeah, I'm still here now. <laughs> so what did George have you do for a week? 
uh, at the time, it was what I did for about a year and a half after that. So it was letterbox drops, phone calls, signs, um, yeah, all the all the fun stuff that you do when you when you first start in real estate, I suppose. So you left. You you made it. Wait, you did year twelve. No, I didn't do year twelve. I okay. left early. So I was I left at seventeen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what, that's like halfway through year 12? Uh, it would have just started year 12 maybe. Yeah, okay. If that. Jump straight in. Yeah. Okay. And was it almost like an apprenticeship doing what they made you do for the first year or two? Uh, yeah, to an extent. It's a little bit different to a, probably an apprenticeship because it's one of those things where when they feel you're ready, you you just you become a, a tradesman, I would su- suppose. Um, they put you up. And at the time that I was doing my apprenticeship, I was also playing for the Central Coast Mariners in their youth league team. So for me, I was wrapped in my head around that. So I just thought I was going to make the A-League and that was it. I was done. I was never going to be into real estate. And then probably about a year later, I was doing quite well with real estate and I was doing quite well with um, with soccer. And Kurt said to me, like, you're doing really well with both. Like, maybe you should put your focus into one. Um, what do you want to do? And then I sort of went away and had to think about it and... Yeah, I decided that I preferred real estate, so I, yeah, stopped stopped soccer there and uh, got into real estate full time. And you're very good at what you do. Did you then have a goal to purchase a house, or like what were the goals when you were, you know, seventeen, eighteen year old kid in real estate? Um, at the time, it was just to to start to wrap my head around things because it was just such a different world to what I was used to. I had no idea about anything. Um, was listening to so many different podcasts from so many different agents or videos and watching stuff just to try and learn um, what I could uh, and then surrounding myself with, you know, the people that we work with now. Like I remember uh, Kurt was probably one person who always was talking about, you know, I'm buying and he's always buying investment properties and doing bits and pieces. And I thought, well, maybe that's something I should look at doing because I'm here now, I may as well. So I did that and, yeah, bought one a year, about a year later. It is hard to not, when you're in this industry, to not be affected by it, as in always on realestate.com yeah. and you're looking at deals and you think, oh, I should have done that or I wish I bought that or yeah, little gems. Yeah. Well, that was the thing is that um, I wasn't looking and Kurt actually said like one day, he said, you should go and have a look at this. Like you're, you're crazy if you don't. And uh, I remember I remember going there that day and just, we just bought it straight away because it was for Friday and then we had our own work on Saturday so we couldn't get... I couldn't get through the open house, so I had to ask the agent if he could let me through before the open uh, open house on the Saturday. And at first he said no, but Kurt ended up calling him because Kurt um, somewhat knew him. And then Kurt was actually the one that said, yeah, yeah, no, he's a good guy, look after him, can you help him out? And then I went through that day and, and bought it the same day. So, yeah. So how old were you when that happened? I was just 18. So how do you go about being 18 and saving for a deposit? That's pretty... Well, that's the thing is that it was much easier when I was 17 to save for a deposit because as soon as I was 18, I was uh, wanted to go out and club and do the same mm-hmm. thing that every other 18 you wanted to do. So probably the best thing I ever did was save when I was younger, um, then 18. And because at 18, I didn't save too much for probably no, about a year and a half after <laughs> or two years at least. And how much training is actually involved? Like those Real, I mean, I know you still do a lot of training now, but in those formative years of starting in this industry, was there just training all the time? Yeah, well, we, we're pretty lucky here that we come in and every day we do training. And at the time, I remember um, we had a lot of good agents. 
that were working for us. So I was just, I just sat in the corner and was just a sponge, listened to them. And then at night I used to go home and I used to listen to like John McGrath and Matt Steinway and Marty Fox and Gavin Rubenstein and Matt Lancashire, all these different real estate agents that are around Australia that are doing really, really well. Um, and I remember one thing that John McGrath said was that you need to, as a young agent, if you're coming up, it's important that you know your stats because you don't know anything else. Like you've got no other credibility. You've got no sales. You've done nothing. So I remember at the time I went, well, you don't know anything. You've got to start to have a look at the stats. So all I did at the time was I was uh, looking after Gorick and with Kurt. So all I did was just went and looked at every single stat, knew about every single home that lived, was in Gorick and knew all the sales, the highest, the lowest. And then, yeah, I had a bit of credibility when I was talking to people just because I knew everything and every all the sales that had happened and where they were, how much they were, the size of the block, yeah. size of the street. So, and as an agent, you, you're not just thrown in the deep end. You work under someone and get mentored for quite a while. Yeah. And then you're out on your own. So, do you remember the first home you ever sold on your own? Yes. It was on Pannonia Road. Oh, actually, no. Sorry. Sorry. It was actually in, uh, uh, oh, I know the street now. I can't even think of it. <laughs> this is bad. It's off. <laughs> Warner's, Warner Road in, uh, in Tuggerwell. Okay. Yeah, Warner Avenue, sorry, in Tuggerwell. And when you finally got them across the line, what was the – were you just – were you in disbelief? Or you were like, this is what I've trained for. I've got this. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't believe it at the time because it wasn't meant to happen. I remember it was that uh, I think Kurt went away on a holiday or he was away for the weekend or maybe somebody double booked themselves. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like, sure, just get out there, hurry up. And it was, it, I, was going, I was going to a property in, it wasn't even in that, it wasn't, wasn't Warner Road, it was in Kilper Road. And I remember just taking the keys with me for this other property. I thought, oh, well, I'm not going to tell the other agents. I'll just take the keys with me and I'll just, you know, I know the property's vacant. I'll go around the corner and I'll show them that as well. So I took the keys with me and then said, oh, come and have a look at this one too. And then they bought the other one. So I remember I was pretty, pretty chuffed with myself. Like, oh, I did it all by myself, you know, big deal. But yeah, no, nah, it was just... And yeah. <laughs> how many homes, you probably don't even know this because I'm throwing a curveball, how many homes have you sold since that very first home? Any a guess? Oh, I've got no idea. I, I haven't kept the, the stats on it. I would say somewhere around the last six years, probably 200 homes or something like that, maybe. Okay. And what about the last financial year from the 1st of July? Uh, at the moment, I've sold 56 homes since the 1st of July. And what does that equate to in a monetary value, do you think? Any, just a wild guess? I was, I, was, I was counting the numbers before to see what that roughly added up to, and I got about halfway through and it was at, at, at about 20 million, so I'm going to say it'd be a bit 35, 40 million, something like that. Far oh. out. That's insane. And... For a young person out there who's looking for a career in real estate, where do they start? Like if they're halfway through year 12 or just finishing year, or even, you know, year 11 and they're just not, school's not their thing or they've just out of school, what what do you recommend for uh, them to do? As far as real estate goes, I mean, you just got to be prepared to do the worst, all the worst jobs that no one really wants to do for an office. You know, go and do the letterbox drops, go do the signs, do the prospecting calls that people don't want to do. Um do appointments that people don't want to do, just sell it, like do the final inspections if other owners don't want, I'm sorry, other agents don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, just, just do all the things that people don't want to do and sponge off the people that are doing well and 
Yeah, and, and should they just go to every real estate? I mean, oh, come sorry, to Wisebury, yeah. but should they just go to every real estate, knock on the door, and say, "Hey, I want to deliver pamphlets. Can I hang around on a Saturday? Can I?" It's hard for me to say exactly uh, what they should do because for me, it was just that I lived next door to George, and it was you know, there you go, start. But I would say that if you walked into any office and you showed how keen you were and that you wanted to be in real estate, no doubt there'd be uh, be a smart owner who would say, "Yeah, well, this key, this he's guy's keen as mustard. He's he's the he's the kind of guy we want." And what do you think makes a great agent like? There's a, who do you look up to? You mentioned a few names before. Are they are they the type of agent you look up to? Uh, like those agents that I mentioned before are really successful. They sell a lot of homes. They sell. Uh, they do really well in real estate. But there and there's then there's definitely things that are take from those people. All uh, one thing that I noticed that from all of those people is that they all do some things that are exactly the same every day. And all of those agents that I mentioned before train at least once a day, whether it's like, you know, going to the gym or going for a run or going for a walk, they all do something to start their day. Uh, and they also all do it, you know, 50 to 100 calls a day. So those are things that I try to, to follow suit and because they're, they're obviously doing quite well. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't say that as a... I mean, Darren's a great example of someone that I'll probably look up to because, you know, he's... Uh, he just taught me a lot, so I suppose yeah. <laughs> what, I'm not going to not look up to him. <laughs> and speaking of calls, how many calls a day do you make? As in right now or when I first started? No, or? right now. Like how how many calls a day would you actually make? Oh, could you even count? I couldn't. I, I don't record. I couldn't record at all. I mean, it depends what on what side of calls you're talking. I mean, I've got solicitor calls, broker calls, vendor calls, buyer calls, and you've got your own prospecting calls. It depends how where because I, I track them all differently. Yeah. Actually, I don't track fifty percent of those. I don't track the buyer calls, the vendor calls, the you know all those other inquiries and all that sort of stuff. I only pr- count my prospecting calls. So, mm-hmm. you know, on average, we we'd like to do as a minimum of fifty a day. And um, one of the things I think would be quite hard as an agent is your number and email is online, mm. and I lie in bed at night and I'm looking through real estate. Oh my God, look at that house. And it's 11.30 at night. I go, oh, I'll just inquire on the price on that. Yeah. And I email you. Yeah. Well, not you specifically, but any agent. How do you keep track of that? Do you just wake up in the morning and just get through all those inquiries or is that something you have help with? Uh, I've, I've, I'm lucky enough now that I've got uh, Lockie that helps me with it because it has got to a point now where it is too hard to manage just as, as one person. Um, but in saying that, it's just about as they as they come in, the first thing in the morning, the inquiries are there. Me and Lockie will go through those, make sure that they're done, and then as they come throughout the day, you just do them as they come. So, uh, yeah, there's no real particular routine right there for me as to how I manage it. But Do you have a favourite app or program that you use consistently that you couldn't work without? What would that be? Oh. I know you're massive on WhatsApp. Oh, WhatsApp. <laughs> I, l- I love WhatsApp. Yeah, I'm all over WhatsApp. But, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, that's an integral part of, of the way that we run our business. So it def- that, that's a massive thing. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, there's my phone really is just that's everything it. for me. So I've got all the different apps and all the different things that I could do for real estate yeah. via my phone. And how many hours a week do you work? If you literally had a timer and you could clock in and clock out every time you do something regarding work how many hours a week do you think you'd work oh there's that's the thing is because your phone is everywhere it's you, you, I w- 24/7. it's 24 <laughs> 7 like i've got a i've got one guy 
I sold a house for in Wyong and he used to be up. The best time for me to talk to him was between four and six every morning. So I'd get up. And at that time, I was really into my training, so it suited me perfect. So I'd get up every morning and then I'd go and call him at 4.30 as I was going to the gym to do whatever I was doing. And then for now, um, because of that relationship that we had, he'll just call me at 4.30 in the morning now whenever he wants. So it doesn't matter what time of the day or or what time of the night it is, I'm always on. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's how you do the amount of sales you do and the amount of listings you get, right? Yeah, exactly. So there are still some times where I want to peg my phone at the brick wall. That, that, that still happens. <laughs> do you ever turn it off? Do you, when you go on holidays, do you switch it off? The last time I went on a holiday, I, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. You need to have your, your downtime. If you don't, you go crazy. Do you only have one phone? I've only got one phone, though, yeah. So you still, and still need to be on to chat with your mates and your family, so uh, yeah. you just got a screen. I'll just uh, divert the phone to... To our at the moment probably would be Lockie would um, would take the, the phone for the weekend or whatever it was and but again yeah they obviously I still get the text messages the emails everything like that so it's it's still it's it's on yeah and what's the best way if you're a young kid kicking about on the coast yeah um, we're all little coasties who went to all the local schools here how do you go about saving fifty grand for a deposit what would you say to someone in the early or late teens early twenties start as soon as you can and pick a particular budget that you know you can manage so that you've got let's say that you're a, you're earning $500 a week something like that put $250 away and spend $250 so and you don't have to spend $250 if you can save more that's awesome but just make sure that you have something that you stick to every week and then you know, if you if you blow your budget, don't go. Oh, I'll just dip back into spend fifty bucks and go back to the you know the party or whatever. Um, make sure that you stick to it because if you stick to it, then you'll be reaping the rewards of it later. So, to get into the property market, mm-hmm. what are some things that you had to give up and and because you've got to sacrifice something mm. to to actually get in and, and start buying homes at a young age? What what did you give up at the at the time that I was doing my best saving? I was playing for the Mariners in the NYL for the for the National Youth League. So I was there five days a week and I was at work five days a week. So at the time it was easy for me to save because Mariners were strict, very strict on, you know, no drinking, no partying, make sure you're at football, do all the right training. So for me it was it was easy because those things kept me accountable and I, and I had to do it. Well, I mean, not that I had to do it, but I, my spare time was yeah. very, very minimal. So for me it was it was easy because I didn't have the opportunity to go and spend too much time partying and doing those sorts of things because I was so invested in work and, and also in my soccer. Yeah, okay. And what's the best lesson you've learnt in your career so far? Uh, there will be another day. You, <laughs> you don't, not every day is a good day and uh, it's just about making sure that you keep focusing on pushing forward and making sure that you have a reason have find a find a why that makes you get out of bed every day and uh and and yeah keep keep moving forward yeah and the industry's really competitive and as an agent you can get poached you steal listings it's a small community mm-hmm. uh are agents frenemies almost all the agents know each other yes yeah. is it like a a band of brothers even though it is competitive, do you look out for each other or is it pretty...? Um, I've got no issues with any local agents. I actually do get along with, with most of them. I've got a, more, most of them on my social media and stuff like that. So, 
Um, and a few of them I message and, you know, how are you going? What's, what have you been up to? Congratulations, you're doing well. So there's as much as there is a lot of the, that in the industry, I don't really find myself too much involved with it. I'm, I get along with everyone, so it's pretty, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty lucky. Yeah. Tell me about some of your favourite areas on the coast to eat, visit, hang out. If you had someone visiting from overseas, where would you take them? What would you do? I would probably take them to Norahead. I love Norahead. I think that uh, anyone that would be coming from overseas would be amazed at Norahead just because of our coastline and all the different spots that we've got there. A few places you can go and get some pretty nice food. So I think Norahead would probably be uh, up there with, with one of the spots I'd take them. All righty. And... Um have you got a goal, a future goal professionally and personally that you'd like to hit in the next couple of years? That's the uh, the question I've been going through my head at the, for the last probably two weeks and, and I haven't got an answer right now as to what exactly it is that I want. Well, you just don't want to put it out there because uh, you're No, no, <laughs> not that. <I> don't. <laughs> I've got no issues with we were telling people about it, but I have been uh, lately finding myself questioning, you know, what is it that you want? What are you going to do? So there's... Uh, yeah, I'm still 22, like uh, like you've, you've mentioned, so I don't have all the answers yet. So still uh, still figuring out so what it is, is that I want. So a goal at 25, is there a uh, anything? Uh, open up my own office, probably. That would probably be a goal for me. Uh, that's probably the, the only one that I could really think of at the moment off the top of my head. That's a huge goal. I love it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> thank you for coming in today. No worries, thank you. Thank you, Sean. Bye. Sean is an agent here at Wisebury Heritage and to find more about his sales listings and all the other things he discussed today, you can see the links in the show notes in this episode. Our Heritage drops every Wednesday wherever you get your podcast and was produced by Kieran Christie, hosted by me, Carly Eldridge, and brought to you by Heritage Media. Bye for now. Heritage Media.